another beautiful day out here in sunny California, man. We've been blessed with some nice weather the last couple of days, and uh, it's really yeah, looking towards two. spring. We have two. Utah's been great. I mean, we've had some rain, which is fine. Rain's great, actually. Better than snow. But, uh, yeah, but it's been it's been really nice and, and warm and sunny and beautiful, ready for spring. Like, I, I agree with you on that one, Brian. Yeah, <clears throat> the things, the seasons so, are changing, so it's quite nice. Um, so we had some yeah. interesting kind of back and forth about this uh, topic today. Um, How the hell did we get to it, Brian? Like, I, I feel like this is a topic where, I don't know, hunting, we we can talk about uh, well enough. Social media, we can talk about it. But hindsight? Hindsight's a, it's an interesting topic. It's uh, It's not cut and dry. Um, is it 2020? Hindsight is 2020. Definitely. Are you that, sure? That is, uh, that is my thought, right? That's what, okay, what everybody might, says. Um, this, but, okay. yeah. Is it really? It's a good question. Uh, I definitely think uh, we have used hindsight a lot in our conversations with each other in terms of looking back over our lives and really contemplating why we did things and, and it, was there a better way to do things and, and what we can learn from our both positives, negatives, mistakes, and uh, attributes to, to kind of push and improve upon what we do from in the future. So um, we thought yeah. we thought about talking about hindsight overall and maybe some specific areas that now that we've looked back on our lives and go, okay, now that we've gone through this thing, what have we learned and if we could do yeah. it all over again kind of thing. So Brian, what's the top most thing you... I mean, I feel like that's a hard question, but I'm asking it to you. So, gear up, buddy. Uh, hindsight, right now. Look back on your life. What is one thing you'd do differently? Dude, that's a difficult question. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that one this morning. I warned you. I know you did. You warned me about 10 seconds ago. Uh, <laughs> about 10 seconds ago, exactly. I, I, I appreciate the uh, heads up in prep, for preparation. Uh, one thing I could change. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Um, one thing I could, ch- I would change. Oh man. Uh, I would, okay, let, uh, let me narrow it down. Yeah. Let me narrow it down. Let's, let's go back to, so we know you changed all the bullying stuff. We, we went through that already. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be a bully. So all the, all the surface stuff put aside. <clears throat> what, 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 what are you going to ask? Well, yeah. Like all the moral stuff, like of course, knowing now what we didn't know then, I feel like a lot of people would want to go back and change the shitty things they've done. Of course, right? who wouldn't want to change the shitty things that, right. that have happened to you, who or wouldn't? that you've done, or gotten, or had to you done to you? Yeah, absolutely. You'd have to be a pretty shitty person to not want to change the shitty things you've done. I would, I would agree with that statement. Okay. I would absolutely I agree with that statement. But, um, however, yeah. comma, however, comma, what are the things that you like? I guess big decisions. You know, like t- tell that story. This is going to take us off track a little bit. Is probably something you wouldn't change, but tell that story when you were on your way to Camp Cherry Valley for the first time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I didn't. I didn't think about that. Um. So, first, uh, <clears throat> let a little ground ground rules or ground rules a little uh, foundation of the of what was going on in my life. I was 15 years old. Um, and, uh, I had been hired for the first time. It was the summer of 2000, 
um, as a counselor for Camp Cherry Valley. And I had been there as a scout before um, for a couple years, a couple summers, like just a week at a time. And uh, during our last session um, in, two, in 1999 summer, uh, we had uh, a counselor that was just awesome with us and really motivated me to become an employee at the same camp. And so my buddy Kyle and I uh, decided that we'd apply. And uh, Oh, Kyle, uh, dude. You've ever Kyle? I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. yeah. He's a great guy. Great guy. So he and I applied, and we both got hired on uh, to camp. And uh, the way it worked, because the camp director, as you well know, uh, was uh, a Utah high school teacher, the Utah school system was a little bit different, and uh, everybody got to camp during staff week before I did uh, in my California school got out. So I showed up to camp a couple days after everybody else had been there. Almost, I want to say it was almost a week, um, and everybody had kind of bonded through st- staff week. And I'm 15 years old, and I'm driving from San Luis Obispo to Long Beach, um, San Pedro. And so that's a good four-hour drive with my dad, and he's I'm all packed up ready to go take on this nine-week, ten-week adventure uh, for the first time. Really, like, I want to say it's not first time being away from home, but just first time, like, this is, this is a big thing. Like, this is the longest I yeah, will, will have sure been away is. from home. And I get, <clears throat> shoot, I get maybe, I, we get into the L.A. area, and I start, I tell him, I talk, turn to my dad, and I'm like, turn around. Turn around. Abs- just, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I start crying. crying? I was absolutely crying. crying. Absolutely crying. And Poor baby, man. I, oh, man. I was just like, nope, nope. Don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Dad, turn around right now. And he's looking at me and he's like, what? I'm like, no, I, I'm not going to enjoy this. Everybody else has got friends. Like, I, I don't I don't How know anybody. How like, drive from San Luis Obispo to LA? Four hours. <laughs> and an hour four, you're like, nope, nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I got. I had plenty of opportunity to uh, to say no ahead of time, and I was dead set on not doing it. Like my dad's like, "Hell no, you've committed to this. You're doing this. You will have fun. I know you will get through this." And you know, he, knowing me back then, I was uh, I was pretty pretty shy guy in the terms of getting into a, a new environment. Like it took me a, a little bit to warm up. Yeah. Um, and what made what didn't help the situation, right? So I get on this boat, and so I get on the boat, and I just kind of suck it up, and I show up to two harbors where you know it's just to kind of lay the ground rules. When you show up to Catalina, where we uh, used to work, once you get off the boat, you still have a good couple miles to get to your camp, and so you either have to be picked up in a van or a boat and brought to that camp. You can't just walk over to you know the hotel or anything like that. So I get. I get there, and there's absolutely no one there to pick me up. And so I am freaking out. Like, what? I have made the worst decision of my life. Like, what am I doing? Why am I here? And uh, I call my dad again, and I'm like, Dad, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then sure as hell, our buddy Mark comes, picks me up. I'm pretty sure it was Mark. Somebody came and picked me up and uh, put me on the boat and got it. The rest was history, man. I'd fit right in. And, you know, I, two days later, I think I called my folks and I was happy as a clam and was in the right spot. And, you know, seven summers later, I've been, you know, I, I yeah. but, but I actually, you know, I, looking back, I'm pretty sure I kind of felt the same 
feeling like the next summer I still had a little bit of hesitation with the new camp directors and, and anytime like a yeah. new situation like that arises I have that hesitation and nervous feeling like all right am I really doing the right thing like yeah is this really what I want to do so yeah so look at look at that back in on hindsight if I had just turned around and not gone imagine where my life would be right now I'm sure you'd be managing a McDonald's or two. Somewhere. Yeah, by managing you mean like taking orders at the front register, right? <laughs> yeah, addicted to drugs, naturally. Uh, pretty interesting. No, Definitely. You, no, you'd, st- you'd still be living in a Tascadero on your parents' couch. Yeah, why not? So, yeah, because I didn't want. It wouldn't want. Life to try could be anything. worse. Life. Yeah, life would be worse if I set myself up for failure that well, early in my life. I'm just saying, life could be worse than living on the Calcano's couch. True. That is very true as well. However, comma, I feel like your mom would. Oh, she would not, not allow that. She, she would not go easy on you. No, living on the couch. No, I, she would not. <laughs> if that's all I did, God, she would. <laughs> Just, I, I can't even imagine that a Brian Calcagno that sits on the couch, bags of Doritos everywhere, playing Xbox all the time. I, I can do that for like a week at a time, maybe. But after a week, it's. I can't even imagine it. I can't even like fathom it. <laughs> You've got a guy who's like, you're pretty type A. You're like flying, you know, Black Hawk helicopters <laughs> in the Middle East. I just can't picture, I don't know. I guess you're human too. I should give you that. How about you, man? Um, How about you, dude, to, to, to change it? Is there a big moment in your life that uh, you look back and you're glad you made the decision you did? Or, you know, maybe there was a, a thing that you wish you kind of had gone a different route? So this is where my... Um, my all-encompassing mind, like that portion of my brain, kind of takes over. And I have a hard time segregating, um, it, it passing judgment on what is good and what's bad. Because I kind of take this whole, it, it's like a global mentality of, well, had I never made any decision in my past, would I be where I am today? Good or bad. It's kind of like the butterfly right? effect type thing. You, yeah, you kill one yeah. butterfly. How do you know it's not going to change everything, right? Or yeah, like it, it could the the butterfly flaps its wings, a hurricane starts on the other side of the world, kind of thing. Like all these small decisions or changes we make in our life have could potentially have drastic effects at some point in the future. It's like course correction, right? If I'm if my trajectory is straight ahead um, and I'm supposed to go 100 miles. If I go off one click, like one degree, half a degree, um, trigonometry would state that I'm going to end up quite a far away, quite a distance away from my um, from my original intended point. Absolutely. Which I don't know. So I look back. I'm going to take it a different route, but like, and I've had to kind of come to grips with this whole hindsight thing and put an asterisk in hindsight because I feel like what's clouding all of my uh, my clear thinking on this is hindsight bias. Okay. So yeah, we're looking so, into that a little bit. Tell me a little bit more about hindsight bias. What you? Yeah. Probably. Well, I'm gonna try and weave it in throughout this throughout our discussion. But let, let's just take for example my experience with grad school. Okay. So um, if I look back, I can make some pretty distinct um, conclusions. I'll call them conclusions. Uh, about why I decided to go to grad school. And um, I can tap into memories and kind of think of what I was feeling at the time and 
here's the thing. I go, I go through that experience again in my mind and I look at where I am today. And part of me is really bitter. And I, and I attach that to the financial component with it, right? So I came out of school with quite a bit of debt, debt that I did not have before. Yeah. Um, and then I look, I, I think I had expectations in my mind of like, oh, well, I'm going to grad school, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to get these advanced degrees. So life's going to be better for me at the end of this. And when I got out, you know, I stayed in the job I had. I mean, I had made a couple of advancements throughout grad school, but, you know, I'm still at the same job. It's been nearly two years since I graduated. Um, and I had a, you know, it's funny. I went to school with other people who experienced the same thing, which was kind of like, um, I've paid my dues. I suffered. I went through, I, I fought the hard fight. I worked full time, did grad school full time. Um, I deserve this. I deserve a better paying job. I deserve a job where I'm in charge of people. Like this is why I went to school. And so I, I kind of use that whole experience and my feelings on it now to affect people's decisions now. And now I'm not going out, you know, I, you're, you're not I protesting think. outside uh, a university no. saying don't outside go the grad, grad school, school. With the picket sign. <laughs> Not my go, school. Grad school. <laughs> what do we want? Not grad school. When do we want it? Not, Not now. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. So I'm not actively doing that. I mean, I feel like when the topic comes up, I'm not afraid to voice my opinions and kind of my, my bitterness comes out. I'm kind of pissed off about it. But like... Well, it's interesting you say... say I'm, I'm going to interrupt you here. It's interesting... Yeah. Uh, that that concept in, of school in general, like I I, I definitely think I, I want to talk about that uh, and my mm-hmm. experiences with it, and because I think our our society and culture is one that um, kind of promotes, or I mean, it really is the norm to go to grammar school, high school, college, and then job. Like that is the path for a normal American individual, right? And if you right. don't do that, there's something wrong or different with you. Uh, whether you can't handle or you're just eclectic, right? That's kind of what I my opinion is on how people view people who don't do that typical path. Well, when I spent two weeks in Australia um, during my first deployment, we got two weeks off and I went to Australia for 15 days. And uh, it was awesome. It was really cool and really, really amazing trip to go explore another country. Well, but when I, we were traveling through the country... I was meeting these other, you know, early 20s, mid 20s uh, individuals from Europe who had finished their high school and decided, man, I need to go check out the world first before I decided what I want to do and go to school. Yeah. Right? I, oh, yeah. So they would go before they go into the, the uni or the university, they decided to go to Australia and work and go travel and do different life adventures before jumping into something like an edu- a formal education outside of high school and then into a full-time job. Yeah. And I can guarantee you those people are more well-rounded and more well-educated in terms of global education than mm. just typical education. Um, or, or, yeah, or just life experience. Abs- absolutely. Without a better word for it, but absolutely, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Um, That's a great word for that, Brian. It is. It is. Yeah. It absolutely is a great word for that. Um, absolutely. 
I and I think and again I'm just going down this rabbit hole here. I think that is what's wrong with society today is the lack huh. of education. And I don't mean formal education. I don't mean college. I don't mean high school degree. Interesting. I think it's exposure and education to people outside of your bubble. So diversity, like, Abs- God, like I doing those using that word. But yes, diversity. Yes, diversity like, is our like problem. Getting experience outside of your bubble, like so, going and doing a study abroad, or um, getting a summer job, going working on an island, or um, you know, that's one thing that stood out to me when, like, all the summers I worked in Catalina, there were always kids from Bulgaria working in two harbors. Yeah, there's like they're they're from the other side of the planet. And they're taking an adventure or a risk, or maybe it's more money motivated. But um, you know, I'm sure there's there are other things motivating them, like practicing English or um, just getting global experience. I feel like not only is that like beneficial personally, but you throw that on a resume and be like, "Hey, I've had ex- international experience." It's like. That's probably going to set you apart from other candidates who've been like, I've been in Layton, Utah my whole life. And I got a PhD and I've never left the city of Layton. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's interesting that you brought that up. I'm trying to think of how that t- ties into to hindsight, but. Well, I mean, you're, I guess you're kind of looking back on that experience with some, I, I don't know if I'd call it regret. But it, you know, at least reflection. Reflection. I, I would definitely call it reflection. Like, honestly, I wouldn't change the path that I I'm in right now. Like, I've the way the way I went about it, I think was perfect for me. You know, and and you can see, for me, my path changed a couple times along the way. Right. So, senior in high school, I was just uh, talking about this at a ranch and vets gala uh, function, where senior in high school was for me the beginning of, uh, of that year was September 11th, 2000 one right so i had this plan of going to college and uh, all of a sudden this traumatic event happens and i knew something needed to change in my life in the sense you know internally i knew all right i'm going to do something big to help the public sector i still went to the university i still went to cal poly um and it wasn't until that you know that then after my first year of being a little hippie with long hair i decided hey i think i'm i'm going to join the military uh, and then I joined the military and then I had this plan to go full-time active service and something popped its way into, into my mind. Like I had a path for myself and I knew this is what I wanted to do. And then something else comes over here and says, well, no, not really. Like, and I look back and I'm like, God, without being super cliche, things happen for a reason. Like I was supposed to go down a certain path for a certain reason. Um, and if I had gone down my original path and just been a civil engineer with no military experience at all, like imagine, I'm not saying my life would be worse by any means. It would just be different. And I'm happy it's not that way because I enjoy what the struggles and the, and the things that I have done to, uh, to this point, you know, and, and it's much as the struggles are tough. Um, uh, and, and the, but the, but the reward is I think so much better and, and it's, it's made me an awesome person in terms of... Uh, okay, Brian. So I'm actually going to push back on this one. Uh, I'm going to give you some resistance in bringing up this topic of hindsight bias. I think that, you know, as humans, we're, we're kind of programmed and um, 
we're programmed to survive, right? And in our heads, I feel like our heads have made up a lot of mechanisms to help us do that. I'm not sure that high insight bias is one of them, but it's definitely a thing. So in my reading about it, it essentially what I've come to realize about it is that we color our memories with all sorts of things, with new information that we've just received, with the mood that we're currently in, or... Um, so we can kind of edit our memory? And our, yes, our thoughts. we edit our memories all the time. Like, we're, our, our memories are, uh, by and large, very unreliable. So, um, huh. I, I, I'm trying to think, I, I don't know if I can draw any real conclusions about it, but I would almost argue that the reason you look back on these memories with like fondness and that, you know, you're glad you are where you are today speaks more to you as a, uh, as a person. It speaks more about you as a person that it just kind of says, well, you're an optimistic person. So, and, and that's, you know, it's hard to say. So when we're looking at the past, we're much better off just looking at facts. If we have recordable facts or you know, instead of like trying to remember our, our uh, feelings, if we focus on our behaviors, like things that we actually did, that's a much better indicator of the past and how it actually was. Huh. That's 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 pretty so, interesting. It's it, it's kind of what I, I mean, you know, now that I think about it, it's kind of similar to the fact that like when you look on a past relationship and mm-hmm. the things that you remember, maybe, you know, removed by a couple of years and you... You know, you're like, huh, like what, you know, that you remember the good things, right? You remember, oh, what were the good things? But somehow your brain kind of forgets the the negative parts and the things that didn't work with that person. Or maybe it's the complete opposite. Or amplifies, yeah. all you remember is the negative things and there was never any positive moments uh, that you had with that person. Um, Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I I think, uh, yeah, I I absolutely think that – that is a, we what what we do uh and our brain is man what a what an interesting organ our brain is man to be able to do something like that there's got to be maybe a survival mechanism to it where we look back at certain experiences and we um we look at it a certain way to prepare us for the future maybe so you're speaking about relationships and uh Looking back, um, my la- my last most recent relationship, uh, the girl was like 23 or 24, and she actually taught me something. She pointed something out to me that I'm sure at the time I was pretty arrogant about it and like, whatever, you don't know, you're not 30. Uh, but um, I was talking, um, we were talking about Emily. Like, Emily's like our little sister. Yep. She grew up with us at camp. She was like, five years old or four years old when we started working there and she's just since grown up. And so she has all these like rogue older brothers that, um, like help raise her. Yeah. Yeah. Help raise and like also pick on her all the time. All the time. Um, (laughs) but, um, I remember her like, I'm pretty sure she was just stressing out about a boy situation. And one of my responses to her was like, whatever, you're just a teenager you shouldn't stress about this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, wait till you're 30. This crap won't matter. Right. And then my girlfriend at the time was like, that doesn't help her though. Like in the moment, like if you look back to when you were a teenager, 
when if people told you that it didn't help no no not at all it doesn't, <laughs> it you're, doesn't like, help you're like you're like they have 12 years to go son of a bitch like what am i supposed to do now though like what how am i supposed right. to do with this now yeah so i think i don't know we, we have a tendency like to look back on things and and minimalize them or even trivialize them to some extent and and that's maybe one of the negatives of hindsight and the hindsight bias is like we can look back and we can um, superimpose our own experiences on what people are going through right now. And it, in a way that makes us worse off, you know, it makes us worse listeners. It makes us seem, uh, we, we assume this role of wisdom that we really don't have. I mean, in ways we do like, but it kind of gets back to the whole, I, I I agree with you. I agree that it wasn't helping. However, comma, we're, we're, I think you were, and again, this is me making the assumption, I think you were still trying to help in, in trying to point out that the old adage of time solves or time heals every wound kind of thing. And, and, and with time, we things change, right? So over time, things that matter to us, and it's going to be a little bit easier or, or to get through than, than it is in the moment. And so maybe having that outside perspective um and and being able to at least recognize that as a 18 year old kid going on a date um that you can maybe you know again it doesn't doesn't always help in the moment and i've i've been in those situations on both sides that have tried to give advice like oh don't don't worry it'll get better and then been in the receiving end and go son of that doesn't help me like thank you i appreciate it it doesn't feel good it doesn't it doesn't really help me Um, Well, it's like, it's, it's kind of like dismissive. It's like dismissive. uh, It's dismissive of that person's experience. It's, I I would agree. I would agree to that. I would agree. Instead of listening and saying, well, man, what are you going through? And then waiting for them to ask for advice. And I don't even think that that's advice. Like if they're like, Hey, what should I do? And just be like, Oh, don't worry about it. It'll get better (laughs) in 12 years. Well, it's not really advice. (laughs) It's just like, you are basically saying just wait it out I, yeah wait it out i'm better i mean which there may be some truth, truth to, to that. that in addition to these negative consequences well i think hindsight can we can have positives and negatives it can be you know in some ways it can be a survival mechanism let's just call it that in other ways it can blind us to um, the reality and what actually happened which i think stifles learning but in my research about it, there were there were three um, major sectors of our I, I don't know life economy, whatever you want to call it, that were drastically impacted by this bias, okay. by hindsight bias. Number First one was, was healthcare. Healthcare. Yeah. Second. Yeah, that's right. Number two, uh, the judicial system. Okay. It's like juries and lawyers and judges. Interesting. Number three, military. I know, Brian. Oh, interesting. Does that, I'm, uh, I'm interested to hear. Of, I'm interested to hear what you got. You're interested. So, Please tell me. So, so in brief, there were a couple different. So in healthcare, there were two, uh, two parts basically. You had the physician side, where um, basically uh, a treatment was given to a patient, and um, the outcome happened, um, and it may have been, you know. So, for example, they did a test where uh, these radiologists, it was a study where radiologists looked at these radiographs. Uh, they selected a sample of people 
looked at their radiographs over time. Eventually, like a, a certain number of those people developed tumors. And they saw those tumors, and then they went back to look at their radiographs. And they said, oh, there's evidence of that tumor here that we just didn't see. It was there all along. Um, and so in, in a way, uh, the evidence really may not have been there. They're just coloring their memories to think that, oh, I knew that all along. So, um, but isn't that, isn't that a physical piece of evidence that could be proven that it was there though? I mean, that's like, that's not like uh, I feel a symptom of pain. That's like a physical tumor or not. Maybe. So like. This is also known oftentimes as the knew it all along effect. Hindsight I, I, bias. I remember when I re- reading about the the bio, you know, uh, hindsight Yeah, when bias. you read the three cent. Yeah, the first, first three sentences, sentences of Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, the, it's right there in the first sentence. Duh. I'm reading it right now. Duh. Um, so, yeah, knew it all along effect. Um, I think there's this like, in a weird roundabout way, self preservation thing that our ego is doing like we can't go back and admit that we were wrong i mean i feel like a lot of people can maybe it's getting easier as life goes on as you get older or maybe our culture's being more accepting of that um but it we don't want to be wrong no all sorts of reasons no one wants to be wrong you don't want to be wrong and so so we have this tendency to go back and like paint our memories uh to reflect what is right or the correct answer. Okay. Uh, and they did all sorts of studies. Um, I guess I could say, um, go read it. <laughs> go read Wikipedia if you want to. It's really boring. I'm not going to lie. But uh, maybe Brian and I will get better at synopsizing this kind of stuff. So uh, you don't have to. and You can just listen to it. But uh, you you go back. Like, we, we want to be right. And... Uh, they, they study different age groups, like children, uh, which is cool. I don't know how to tie that in, but uh, study different age groups. <laughs> so, okay. So, healthcare. The other part of this was patients, right? Okay. So, when patients received effectively the same uh, standard of care, uh, but the outcome was different, which happens, right? Like, you can... Let's just say 100 people come in with a broken arm and it's set and the physician follows all the right protocols. And then another, like a certain number of those patients experience adverse outcomes. Uh, The ones that experience adverse outcomes had more of a tendency to go back to that doctor and say, how could you not have seen this mistake? Or how could you not see this was going to happen to me? Um, so okay, yeah. So so it, th- there was a correlation between that and malpractice suits. Um, huh? When people when people were just like when they had this idea planted in their head that the doctor could have been wrong, they were way more likely to like jump on that instead of just nature not instead going the way like, it's supposed to. I mean, yeah. Instead, yeah. Ins- well, instead of. Uh, I received the exact same care as other people. Okay. And my out, my outcome was just different, just which happens. we're different people. Our bodies react differently. They're different. Uh, 
my environment's different, my behavior is different, the way I walk is different, whatever it may be, right? Okay. So that was interesting as far as healthcare goes. The second one was uh, the judicial system, and that one was really interesting. Um, when it came to uh, juries, basically, they had a tendency to, and it actually ties into, um, I think they did a study with some psychiatric uh, situations where psychiatrists, um, back in 96, there was some situation where psychiatrists didn't uh, warn a person that one of their patients was threatening to kill or hurt or that person, like harm that person, right? And the psychiatrist who is in an interesting or like a, a difficult place, right? So you have, yeah. like, um, you have laws that protect privacy. Yep. I'm not sure how intense HIPAA was at that point in time, but um, patient confidentiality is a thing. So, um, and then you're also kind of in the situation of like, I understand I'm in a psych ward or this is a psychiatric visit. I don't know how concretely I can take things that this person's saying. Correct. So bless psychiatrists' heart. They deal with a lot of hard decisions. Their hearts. Um, yeah, they deal with a lot of hard stuff. <clears throat> but um, what ended up happening is this patient followed through with their threat, went through and killed some people or whatever. I can't remember the exact situation. Got to, um, they got to uh, court and the jury essentially found, I don't think the psychiatrist was charged, but in this, the study that followed, they essentially determined that if a psychiatrist was easy on the person and the outcome was more uh, aggressive or like more severe, they tended to find the uh, psychiatrist more fallible than the opposite. Like if they were, uh, if the outcome was less severe and the psychiatrist treated them the same, they tended to find the psychiatrist like their decision-making these, they tended to find it more reasonable. Really? They're like, Oh, that's re That's reasonable. So that's and that's then military. Okay. Yeah. I'm interested about the military. So this one was interesting and it, it ties, uh, it, it ties into, a. Uh, a mental illness that is really prevalent in the, in the military and people who have experienced combat situations, but PTSD. Okay. So, uh, where hindsight bias takes, uh, effect here is people or soldiers who have experienced traumatic events. Let's just say a battle scenario where they've experienced either, um, physical trauma or psychological trauma um, maybe they they had a comrade that um, you know fell in battle. They go back and they tend to the hindsight bias paints their memory such that they it's the knew it all along syndrome. They see that situation as I could have done something. There's something I could have done to prevent that. I could have um, you know I should have known better. I should have seen that 
weird bag on the side. Kind of the survivor, or, almost kind of like survivor's guilt uh, is is kind of what I've uh, attributed that to in terms of some people and 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 uh, you know trying to replay that scenario over and over and over again and trying to figure out how to make that outcome differently. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, w- I would think that is very prevalent with uh, individuals that go through traumatic uh, type situations. Um, yeah. Not having experienced that myself in the military, and I'm, I'm definitely a lucky man for that. Um, but I, I do know that there are individuals that do feel that way um, about certain situations that they've experienced while deployed or are not deployed, you know, especially the military just, add, yeah. you know, it's a, is a, an opportunity uh, where uh, those situations come more than more than most so yeah they tend to yeah i mean traumatic situations can happen anywhere it just seemed to be prevalent in that uh that situation there's a there's a term that was kind of coined in my reading of this which is unpardonable guilt like they associate guilt with um, past events where they look back and really like if you look at the facts there's nothing they could have done yeah survivor's guilt i I, and that's exactly what i i kind of call it is survivor's guilt in the sense that they wanted to change the outcome where maybe they feel like they could have saved their buddy or, or, or changed places with them. Um, and they could right. be here and, and they weren't, they wouldn't be. So, um, right. That's interesting. That, that definitely is interesting. Um, you're that the memory, you know, and just in, in hindsight, you, you look at things and I, you know, more we talk about this, the more I realize that we do this every day. You know, we look back on things every day. Um, That's the on, point uh, on our memory, and you know, we we kind of pick and choose what we what we want to uh, what we want to believe and see. And you know, there's, but it's but it's tough. I mean, like you are thankful, and you learn. We learn from our mistakes and things that we do from before. Um, and and maybe sometimes it's good to kind of re recreate history uh, in our brain that if it if it if it affects us in the positive, right? Um, if we are able to, um, take a situation and it might not be, we're not, might, might not be remembering it hundred percent accurately, but, but that in turn helps us make a decision in a positive nature down the, down the, in, in the future. Why? Like that's, that's no problem to me. Like that's, that's great. I'm glad I'm misremembering something. That's good. Um, but where, however, comma, uh, where that could obviously, uh, lend some problems if you're painting that picture in such a way where you think um, I don't know how to best put this, but where where you're letting that totally take over your life and cause guilt and pain and anxiety and depression, yeah. and you just gotta kind of take a look at that and go, you know what, like. I don't know, like it, it, it consumes people and I don't have the magic pill or the magic solution for that. Like, I don't, I don't know other than being aware of, Hey, maybe I'm not remembering this properly or maybe there's more to this. And, 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 and that's what it is. It's not a, it's not a, uh, an attitude you need to take other than just awareness. Like be aware that our brain is, is a creature or our brain is an organ that likes to create well, this Well, we bias. are fallible. Yeah, I think it's so tied to our idea of just wanting to be right. I, w- I, we I would We look back and, we, yeah, we kind of have to, I don't know, the conclusion that I have is that we kind of have to release 
our convictions. We, we have to uh, let go of that need. I mean, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it matters, right? And you want to sway the outcome. Like to, to, to make making a murderer, right? You think of those jurors who were just presented with information and um, that thing was so full of hindsight bias and the way lawyers went about just painting the picture. No one can piece together that story. Like, and I guess that's kind of the point of the judicial system. Same with healthcare. Like, we, we keep records like crazy. And I guess the idea behind that is we can have something to go back to and cover our butts or uh, look back and say, this is why I did what I did. Because our memories suck. Yeah. I think, I think the takeaway maybe is when we approach situations... Don't be so sure of ourselves. Don't be so sure of our memories because they're obviously fallible. Don't look back at yeah, don't look at so don't trivialize someone's experience that they're going through right now with, "Oh, I've been there. I've done that." It gets better. "Oh, you're in for a real treat, man." Like, "Oh, you're going to grad school. Good luck." It's like instead of that, it's maybe more like, "What is your experience?" How can I help? How can I not be a dick? How can I not be a dick? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think another big takeaway is um, is that considering our memories are so fallible, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, like we can look back. Why, why does that matter? Why? Well. Tell me. No, you go. No, you saying, go, Brian. Tell, tell me no, why. I mean, no, uh, uh-uh. no. Why? Why would it matter that we recognize that our memories are fallible in the sense that we can we can go back and edit things? Like what? How? Like you said, it might be a mechanism to help us uh, want to move on with our lives, right? Like we create these things to make it easier on us. So why why should we fight that? Yeah, I think. Mean, that's a solid point. I think also we have to take into account that it doesn't much matter. Yeah. Why would we fight it? Like we're here now, right? All the choices we made in the past have led us to this very moment. And that's where we're at. So in one way or another, I mean, that, that makes a good argument, a good, uh, I think it strengthens the argument of why care so much about, I mean, it's important to care. We have things that we care about, family, friends, our careers, whatever it may be, but why the past? Like, why do we care so much about it, about being right about, Oh, Brian, remember that time at camp when you like in front of the whole staff dropped your pants and like jumped into the ocean? No, I don't. You don't remember that? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. <laughs> well, good on you, because it never happened, at least to my memory. Good, good. <laughs> but what if it did happen? What if it had happened? There's nothing. And whether you remembered it or not, say you did remember it. Like, there's nothing you can do about it now. 
In yeah, you all those damning photos that we took of you. <laughs> there was any political career that I ever wanted to have, so that's fine. That's right. Um, no, you're you're right. Like Who knows? you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, so I I would agree with you in the sense that we definitely need to we can't change the past. You know the the old stipulation. Um, but a caveat to that is I think I definitely think we can learn from. Um, some of some of the past mistakes that we have made, and it's 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 good to recognize sometimes, and, and hopefully you recognize it with the the correct memory. Uh, but there's a quote from uh, a gentleman, and I, I know he's stealing it from somebody else, but I watched that uh, documentary documentary called Unbranded about these four guys that go out and tame these wild mustangs and go and uh, dr- uh, ride them from the Mexican Arizona border to the Canadian Montana border. It's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, go check it out. Um, but this one of the cowboys in there, the older cowboy, says, "Good judgment comes from experience. Experience comes from bad judgment." And I was like, "Huh? Like that? Learning from not only, you know, in order to, in order to make that good choice, there's a reason that we make that good choice because we've had experience of making bad choices. And so, it, it, you know, the whole paradox of good, they can't have good without bad, right? So." we need to learn from our mistakes and the mistakes happen in the past. Like that's, that's where they happen, right? Like that's, that's well. obviously we create, we, we make mistakes in the, in the present, but we can go back and review those in the past. Um, well, well maybe that's the primary function of the past. I mean, aside from waxing nostalgic and, and just sharing good memories and, and strengthening bonds between people that we have memories with, um, so it serves as a couple is essentially twofold is kind of how I'm seeing it. One, creating good memories with people and reminiscing on those strengthens bonds. And that's a positive thing for relationships. But the takeaway that relates to this topic is that it's the only way to learn. I mean, when, break it down. You can't think. You can't learn the future. You can't learn in the future. No, impossible. Yeah, you learn. Is you it learn right? From I mean, the past. like you, you learn from the past. You learn from the past, and by taking time to go back and and review it and think about it, and um, I think as long as you kind of have a focus, but, like you said, and yeah, you, you have to have the understanding that sometimes you may not be remembering correctly, and and maybe that's why, like you talked about, like in me- the medical profession, and we we keep such you know, important documents and document everything so that, that we are not swayed by our personal memories as much as we could be, uh, by cold, right. hard facts. Right. right. Well, I mean, I, I feel like there are places for that, like for extensive record keeping and, and being able to go back and show or prove, which again, I, I'd even argue that those things are fallible, right? I could have wrote or I could have written one word that day that meant this or like I meant that but I wrote this and or that word is subject to interpretation like there are all sorts of ways that we can punch holes in the past so like yeah in those formal ways it's it's absolutely critical but like I get back full circle to that point we made earlier which is why does it matter like like when it comes down to it you have the memory that you have so use that to your advantage, use it to the best uh, of your ability to improve yourself and move forward. Right? Yeah. No, it's... We could talk up. 
Yeah. Yeah. So don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. All right, Brian. Well, uh, great topic. Um, difficult what topic. What a great way to start my day. No, I, I, super, I, difficult. super difficult topic. And I, I, you know, man, if you stuck through this entire episode, I appreciate you sticking through because yeah, this was uh, this is probably the hardest one to uh, to kind of wrap my brain around. And uh, you know, hindsight, maybe uh, we might have uh, had some more uh, time to discuss this topic and and kind of dive into into it a little bit, uh, but. Uh, be, be a little more meticulous. So. But we were in the yeah, moment. And I mean, we, we could, just kind of went with it and and kind of discovered some things along the way. So thank you for discovering with us. So yeah, um, we, we can take some of our own medicine, Brian, and you know, moving forward, we can reflect upon this episode on its challenges and make improvements on episodes going forward. Which you know has always been our intention. I think we're gonna we're gonna keep improving. We're, we appreciate those of you who stick around and listen to us and give us feedback um please do so formally get on itunes get on stitcher get on google play we're on all those things now get on our facebook leave us comments send us an Shout email to all those please, yeah, who have what, uh, yeah. what we can do to improve what we what you like about it and uh send those questions for uh, episode 10 too uh it's coming up comma podcasts at gmail.com yeah, we're uh, we're excited to hear from you guys so thanks again for listening and remember don't be a dick don't be a dick. Brad. Brad.